The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL Week 13 locks. We are featuring a couple of games. Got the lines from Bovada Sportsbook. As always, you're listening to Sean and Brad on the Get Paid Podcast. How you doing, Brad? I am fantastic, brother. It is a crisp 55 degrees today in Miami Beach. That's good. Uh, the kind of day where you're not going to just start breaking out of sweat um, sitting in your living rooms. That's nice in Florida. Yeah, we get one of these a year. So yeah. This is it. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, February seems to be the cold. I don't even know how cold it gets in Miami. Probably not, you know, probably not very. I mean, what's the... Not very, no. Is, is 50 about the bottom there? Does it hit yeah. the 40s occasionally? That's about it. Well, when I first moved here, there was a lot of days where it would get in the 40s, high 40s at night. Uh, we don't get many of those these no. days, to be honest. Um, it, and if we do, it doesn't stay there. It just goes kind of right back up. So yeah, right. to be honest, it could be in two days, it could be back to 80 degrees and humid. Yeah, and I know. Stay there for and stay there for weeks. That's for sure. uh, you know moving up to Chicago from Florida. I mean, I loved it because I actually moved up here in September of 2009. So I've been here 11 years now, and um, I moved up right when fall was starting to hit. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite weather. I sleep like a rock, yeah. and um, it just makes me happy. And I like winter, especially the first winter I was here, where it was just like snowing all the time. We had a lot of snow my first year. I loved it. And then um, now, though, I, like I'm kind of over it a little bit. I still like cold way more than hot. But dude, like it's like the weather. I went out for a run yesterday, and it was freezing. It was freezing rain, and I had like a 10 to 15 mile an hour gust right in my face. Why was yeah. it was I cold, man? It. I, I, it, that's cold. And I'll be honest, you know, I'm, in a few months I'll be 40. And for the first time in my life, about a year ago, I noticed, like, if it gets to 70 degrees and the humidity's gone, like, I feel that. <laughs> me too. Like, that's cold for me. Me too. Like, I don't, you know? I mean, I, I still like the cold. I have no problem with it. But when it gets cold, like, my ankles will lock up and it's hard for me to walk down the stairs. Like, I, I, <laughs> I understand now why, like, the old people are like, I got to sell this house why with stairs, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, when I was about 32, 33, I would go to Lambeau Field, you know, uh. and I would love it if it <laughs> was like 30 40 right i'd take my shirt off and i would just <laughs> rock it you know and now like if it's high 50s i'm like I'm i can't be here I've got, i got i'm gonna be in the uh, the hallway drinking cocoa <laughs> no kidding Hot but hey but i still celebrate this day that we got here because the sun is out it's yeah. beautiful and i feel very fortunate for oh sure. these are the, the those are the best days and, and in florida they are um you know very few and far yeah between. you gotta celebrate Got to celebrate it. Illinois, Illinois, you get like probably four months of it between spring and fall. Um, and I love it. I mean, I really do love it's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's nice to wear a hoodie and, and I don't know, it just has a winter feel, has a Christmas feel. Yeah. Right? I like it, it's man. It's a game changer. I like it. It's the Christmas season. You know, the family and I, before we get in, by the way, to, for, the, for the crowd, before we get too far into this, we are going to feature the Cleveland Browns versus the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Honestly, Brad and I were looking at this schedule this week 
for you know a few minutes before the show we're just like we cannot find really any games we want to talk about so we might get into some tangents and stuff like that but we'll of course you know wrap it up with the rapid fire um for the end of the show and all that stuff too lucky number 13 has brought us some crap well a couple weeks ago we did eight games because there were so many good games and you know i guess we guess that's the odds of it that's how it's gonna go right yeah i mean we just have two that we want to talk about this week i mean a, a lot of the really good teams are facing off against teams they should win this is this is a favorites week this week um for sure but um yeah, uh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. My family and I, we did the the whole get because we didn't travel. We usually travel for Thanksgiving. We didn't do that this year. We got all the Christmas decorations out. Um, we're still doing a little bit of housework. I got in my in the basement in the the um, in Thunderdome, Thunderdome 2.0, Brad, where we're gonna have the football stuff. We get the last two TVs for the TV wall this week. I'm gonna mount them. So this Sunday, I'll send you pictures when it's done. But this Sunday. It's it's ready. It's ready to go. Glorious. You're quite the man. Uh, yeah. If I didn't. Uh... What's that like? <laughs> um, you know, it's a lot of machismo. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a lot of facial hair. It's a lot of walking. Yeah, it's a lot of facial hair in Chicago. Winter, you know, the cold season. Yeah, you got to grow the beard. I don't, I don't know that life. You walk around with your chest out, your your shoulders back, and just Building grunt, things. grunt, and then also you know limp down the stairs because it's a little cold. It's a little chill. Yeah, you're you're renovating your basement, yeah. building Thunderdome 2.0, and I can't even remember to buy mustard. <laughs> I just, like, it's impossible. I, I spend 28 days, getting and the, I haven't made it happen. Getting older is a weird thing, man. <laughs> the, the biggest drama of your week is you forget mustard. The worst part is that we're getting older, yet we have so much longer on this planet. That's the thought that keeps me up at night. No, what's 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 here's here's a nice depressing thought for you young people. I, I always wonder what it's like to get old and get older, and I'll tell you exactly what it's like. Close your eyes. You know, you're you're twenty, thirty, you know, thirty, you're in your twenties, in the prime of your life. Close your eyes right now. Um, walk to a mirror, maybe open your eyes while you walk to the mirror, close your eyes, and then open your eyes and look in the mirror, and then pretend that you're gray and you hurt. But everything else about you is the same. I still feel like I'm a 15 year old boy. Yeah, I know that's the weird part. And you I was, feel I was <laughs> like you're older, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think, is this what it should feel like? Because it doesn't feel any different. You, when you were growing up and you were a kid, you always thought like your dad and like all this stuff, and like they were just they old. Had and they had this. They didn't. Yeah, I'm starting to they realize didn't. that now. They yeah, didn't. They Nobody did. does. You never Nobody figure does. it out, and that's fine. But this aura of of responsibility, I think, is the biggest farce. Of of all yeah. time, yes, it is. Yes, you're and right. Um, you're right. What what was it like? Uh, I was at a here's an, here's another story of being old. I was at a chiropractor trying to get something figured out, and the chiropractor was trying to explain to me because he's like in his late forties, and he said it perfectly. He said, "I wake up in the morning every time I open my eyes, I'm a fifteen year old kid, and then I limp to the mirror, and I'm forty seven. And it's yeah. like, who's this guy staring out in front of yeah, me? Because I still weird. feel like I'm 15. That's the horror of getting old, everybody. Yeah, that is. That may be the worst part. Yeah. 100%. And, I, and I'm a lot slower than I used to be. I used to be fast. I used to be powerful. I used to not hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I used to be powerful and fast. Like a Wes Welker. Like a Wes Welker who could power This must have been before I met you. <laughs> I've known you for about 15 years. Maybe this is when you were 12. <laughs> This is small well, but mighty. Record, I've never been powerful and fast. Small so but you had mighty. Those anyway, all right, let's move it on. So we got the Cleveland Browns versus the Tennessee Titans, a battle, Brad, of eight and three teams. And 
these are two of my favorite teams, and I know, like, you know, Browns fans. First of all, when people watch these segments and we pick against the spread, you got to understand, like, first of all, I don't, I really honestly don't root for a team anymore. People ask me, like, who do I root for? I don't root for a team. Sometimes I'll root against players. Like, I tend to root against Cam Newton because he bugs me, right? So I root against players, but ultimately it doesn't matter. What ultimately matters to me is getting the pick right so that I can make as much money as I can watching these games as possible. That's who I root for. I root for my wallet. So the Cleveland Browns, I loved them coming. I hated them last year, and so did yeah. you, Brad, because yeah. of all the hype and having grown up a Washington um, fan, I know about Dan Snyder and the offseason and the big splashes and the hype that it brings. I mean, that was the easiest, the implosion of Freddie Kitchens and the hype team, that was the easiest thing to predict for the Cleveland Browns. Sure. But when they made the change... To, to Stefanski at, at you know head coach, finally a commitment to the run. Finally, you see this team just give the ball to Nick Chubb, who I think yeah. is, and I've in in the last two weeks I'm saying, I'm not dancing around it anymore. He is the best running back in the league, bar none. Well, all right, well bar none. I don't know because they're facing a guy this week that may compete for that, right? Derrick Henry, yeah, you got to say. Yes. And Tennessee yes. Titans fans, you're right. They will bang the drum for that. Look, yeah. I like I love Derrick Henry, and I'll say this to, to Derrick Henry. What bugged me about Derrick Henry, and it wasn't about Derrick Henry, it was the old was it Munchak, whoever the previous head coaching you know head coaches were. They would they would take him off the field and put Deion Lewis in the field, and yeah. they would never throw him the ball. And I'm like, Derrick yeah. Henry can catch everybody. Come on now. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I I want to talk about Cleveland just for a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I I think that I. I, I was against them, but maybe not them as a whole. Maybe Baker Mayfield. But I will say this, man. They, their three losses, okay, mm-hmm. they're eight and three, right? Mm-hmm. Their three losses have been to the Ravens, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Steelers. The Steelers and the Raiders. The, yeah. And the Raiders. Okay? And the Raiders, and, and they were playing essentially in a hurricane without wind. It was like 50 exactly. mile an hour wind. Exactly. And I think that is pretty damn impressive, man. And they've beaten teams like the Colts. Um, the Colts is a know, big win. That's a big win. You know, their their victories aren't super impressive. But, I, you know, this is the NFL, and I don't think that matters. Right? And I'm, so what if you beat the Bengals twice, man? These are division games, and it's an NFL team. You know, so I, I got to, you know, give kudos to them. I get, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually talking to my other podcast, the fantasy football uh, portion of, of kind of what we do here, um, the Fantasy Football Almanac Show. And I was talking with David, and David uh, said basically the opposite of what you said. is like Cleveland, I'm selling on them, and um, down on Baker Mayfield, and you know, look at who they've lost. When they've lost, they've gotten the doors blown off of them. You know, when they played the, the really good teams, you know, they've lost, which, by the way, I throw the Colts into a really good team. So I think that's a really quality win. Me too, me too. And, you know, Cleveland, what they do offensively, it, it's stuff, and, and it's probably more age-oriented because you and me gravitate towards teams like the Raiders and like the Tennessee Titans, by the way, that commit to the run. If you commit to the run, and like everybody will say, you know, they'll, they'll pull out the stats and they'll say, you know, these little bubble screens, they're an extension of the run game. The extension of the run game does not exist. That is a myth. There's a difference, as you and I know. That when you run and you have your 300-pound offensive lineman lean on your defensive line for four quarters, yes, right, right. You might right. not That's a whole get different deal. Yeah, you might not get crazy yardage in the first and second quarter. When the third and fourth quarter comes around and that defensive line rotation is gassed and their legs are gone and they can't do anything, yeah. then you gash these teams. So That's I will. The true power of the run game. 
Mm-hmm. That's the true beauty of it. It's it doesn't always have to be ripping off uh, twelve yards a chunk, right? Yeah. But sticking to it and constantly leaning on the defense so that in the middle of the third quarter they start to bail out, and then then you have control over them, and that is a truly effective run game. And then what happens as we saw, um, as we've seen the Titans do. And it, it, over and over again, which is why, by the way, Titans fans, I loved the Titans last year. And now people are starting to wake up. Although at eight and three, people still probably don't give them the respect, you know, yes, as an elite team. True. That is true. And you know why I think that is? It's because, and, and maybe this is just an old narrative, but Tannehill is not seen as somebody who's special. Yeah. And maybe that's because we're remembering his early days and first impressions tend to stick. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the numbers, but I'm, I'm assuming that if we looked at Tannehill's QBR and his production in the past, what, 20 games. Right. I bet they're right up there with with some of the best in the league. I'm just assuming I cannot say that for a fact through. I mean, I, I and again, I don't have it off the top of my head. But the, the thing when the, the Titans before, because I think they they had like a one or two game losing streak. So before they did, that. They went, they went about one and three or something like yeah. that. Four game stretch. They kind of lost their way for a sec. Two right. and two maybe. Yeah, they I, fell off, but but now they've won one. They've won four straight, I think. Some, yeah, it, I mean, bottom line is, you know, te- teams will go through that. I mean, the Seahawks lost two in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you know, the good teams lose games. This is the they NFL. They lost three or four of the Seahawks. Yes, right. Yeah, right. so like, it, you know, it stuff happens. You know, you go through bad quarters of the season and all that stuff. But, you know, Tennessee and Ty- Tannehill specifically – Tannehill, you know, he had that Miami Dolphins stink. Like, a lot of people hate the, the Dolphins. And by the way, the Dolphins are pretty good this year. You Like, yeah. you need to take them seriously because their defense is freaking legit. And their offense, even with Tua or Fitzpatrick in there, is good enough with that defense to win games and, you know, and, and be a contestant. Like, they're probably, I think, based on their schedule, they have a really good shot at being in the playoffs. They really do. Um, now, the Titans, I thought they were going to lose to the Colts. I mean, full disclosure, I, we, we, I picked the Colts. I think you did as well last week, Brad. And the Tennessee Titans went and ran through the Colts, which is hard to do. And the, by the yeah. way, the Cleveland Browns did the same thing um, you know, a few weeks ago. But Tannehill is good enough to carve you up. Is he a guy that Okay, like we saw, you know, Tariq Hill and Patrick Mahomes, you know, get 200 yards in the first quarter against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's probably not that guy. But as we talk about on the show, what are the, there's like two or three guys in the league that do that, and probably only guy. one or two that consistently. Well, I guess like you could this year you can throw in Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and um, Russell. and Russell Wilson. Right. Off the top of my head, that every single week they can put up 400 yards and four touchdowns. It doesn't matter the matchup. Yes, right? right, right. Tannehill right. isn't that guy, but that's not to say he's not a really good quarterback. I have him as a like a probably a top. We haven't done the quarterback game in a while. You know, maybe I'd put him in the top ten in the league. And with yeah, this, you know, <clears throat> you know, he's. I think he's on that second level with a bunch of other guys, a, exactly. Right? And I have and that you, second you, tier. Uh, yeah, massive. you can't say who's better there. That's difficult, but you can put him in that B plus class, well, which I'll is get, good. Yeah, it is good. I'll give you two names that if throughout the, the last decade people have been thrown out there. Are they elite? Aren't they elite? Blah, blah, blah. I'll give you two names, Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan. Yeah, right. I think right. I prefer Ryan Tannehill because of his mobility. And look what he's done when he's had good coaching and Arthur Smith, a good play sure. caller, a good run game. The dude is like, when he gets in the red zone, they score touchdowns. Yeah, they do. They in do. goal line it's, situations. It's for sure. And, and they lost to the Steelers. 
Okay. Now they did have a bad loss because they lost to the Bengals. So and they outplayed was... the Steelers significantly in the second half, okay. by the way. Yes, okay. but but they lost. Right. So perception is that they, they kind of laid an egg. Look, man, everybody lays an egg. You mm-hmm. know, look at look at the Raiders this past weekend. It's, oh my it's gosh. Just one of the the right? egg of all eggs. The egg. Of, it's it a pterodactyl it a, egg. It was. <laughs> it was awful, man. It was a pterodactyl egg. However, as a Green Bay fan, in the past two seasons, I have seen them win. 80% of their games, but mm. the losses are an egg lay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And and I don't exactly know what that means, but I can say this every now and then, you just lay an egg. Mm-hmm. You come out and you get you get punched in the mouth, then you have two turnovers out of nowhere, and then there you go. Then you're reeling. Right? Yep. And then you're reeling and everything you would plan for, you can't do anymore and and you're screwed. So I, I guess the point is you know, the Titans had a bad loss to the Bengals and Everybody has a bad loss. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. And that was a trap game. I think I picked the Bengals to cover that game and Titans to win an, you know, a close one. It was like right, right sandwiched in between big games. That's just always always kind of a problem. And, and the Titans' defense hadn't been playing well. They did, I think, put up their best game of the season against the Colts last week, though, because I really like the way the Colts have been playing football lately. And the Tennessee Titans, to me, that was their most impressive win of the season. Um, yeah. You know, take yeah. the Bills game. I know it was a nice win, but I still think that Colts victory and what they did to the Colts last week was most. And that's what you want to do, man. You want to you want to be peaking the last quarter and into the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Like, and the Cleveland Browns, by the way, both of these teams are eight and three. And when I say these teams, you know, have they peaked? Have they not? And I say the Tennessee Titans haven't peaked. A lot of like fans when they watch this stuff, and again, I'm looking at this from a betting point of view. It's just like, you know, I'm I'm not super happy and thrilled with this X, Y, or Z. You know, I think the inclination for people watching this is to you know defend your team and all that stuff. To me, I think it's a good thing. Like I've banged on. We have last week. We said that the Chiefs. Uh, we picked the Bucks to cover. We were right on that, by the way. Yeah. Um. And um, and we said even the Bucks might even upset. If it weren't for that first quarter, the Bucks completely dominated the game in quarters two through four. It's just that they got dominated, massively dominated. Massively. Massively, massively dominated. But I've I've come out and I've said, and you have too, is that the Chiefs look like they're kind of like sleepwalking and just like— I know. I know. I'm going to correct you for a second there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that the Bucks massively dominated the rest of the game. I actually didn't see it that way. Okay. I think they, they played better than they did in the first quarter, but Jesus, I mean, that yeah. was bound to happen. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, they were, right? yeah, they were, they were like what the way the Raiders played the entire game is exactly. how the Bucks played in the first exactly. quarter. Exactly. They could gain two yards and it would have been a better production. Yeah, I want to say this about the Bucks, if you don't mind me transitioning to yeah. them. All right. Uh, the way their offense looks these days, it reminds me of the 18 Packers with McCarthy. And it looks like there's there's zero ingenuity. Um, it looks like a lot of their production is dependent on their offensive players winning their matchups mm. and getting open. And I think that's an old school, archaic way to play. Yeah. I, because the McVeighs and the Shanahan's, and now we could even say the Lafleurs of the league yeah. are scheming people open. It's a big and deal. You cannot, it's a big deal. And if you cannot do that, you're gonna look stale. Mm-hmm. Right, and the box offense looks like it has no vision, and right, they're almost. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like it's like they're it's like they're an older. When I say old school, I mean for us, that's like yes. a '90s offense. It right. looks like a '90s right. offense. That's like you know, put your quarterback back there for 10 seconds and let him throw. Although Brady gets rid of the ball quickly, so I'm not banging on them. But it, it looks like they want everything to run off a of play action, but their run game, even though Ronald Jones statistically is nice for fantasy football players, it's like it's not strong enough to really pull it's the safeties really, up yes. and get stuff over the top. Games. 
For sure, for sure. And I don't know if they're depending on on uh, Gronk to win his matchup or because they have studs on the receiving core, man. Yeah. They got Gronkowski and um, Antonio Brown, obviously, and Mike Evans, and I think they're even their Godwin, yeah, guy. Godwin, yes, Godwin. And it, but it, but I'm putting this one on Arians and no. Can I say this? Is there anybody worse on the microphone than Bruce Arians? Jesus. Adam Gase. I'll give you Adam Gase. This is worse. But second place goes to Bruce Arians. The guy is like a human wood chipper that can't, you know? He's like so coarse and crass and always manages to say like an offensive thing about his team. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't I don't like coach that uh, that criticizes it. I don't like uh, – like we banged on Lamar Jackson a couple weeks ago about like coming out and saying the coaching isn't good enough in the press. I don't like – I keep that – keep all the criticism in the locker room. I, I don't like when coaches all... come out and bang on players either. It goes both ways. Shut up. Yes, keep it indoors. Yes. The only thing anybody should say is – I should be better. It's on me. Bang. Yeah, yeah, and you you hear uh, like the the notorious Brady and and Belichick thing, and Belichick would eviscerate Brady behind closed doors. What does he say in the press conferences? Coaching needs to be better. Players need. He always says every phase needs to get better. Aaron's just right. like we got people open. I don't know what he's doing. He's what not missing him in practice. That, man, I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like I it. I don't like it either. And maybe it's some type of psychological motivational tool. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think tool. he's that deep. I'm not saying he's stupid or anything. I don't think that's it. I think he's just sure, like, okay. I think enough. he's just, but well, yeah, I'm cold like I see it. Like, dude, come yeah. on, man. Back to, I, I uh, don't like that either. Go yeah. Uh, back to Tennessee and uh, Cleveland. Let me just say this about, um, you know, talking about like offenses. I think Stefanski and Arthur Smith are two of the best play callers in the game. And I love that Stefanski got a job. I think that the biggest travesty in the offseason last season, and maybe part of it was because of the Tennessee Titans run. Um, they got to the AFC Championship game. Arthur Smith should have gotten more looks as an NFL head coach. I'll be shocked if he doesn't get a job. But the one good thing, I guess, if you're a Titans fan, you really want to keep this coaching staff intact. And you do, by the way way is that um one i think tennessee is kind of built for the playoffs two i think they're peaking so they might make a little bit of a deeper run and three everybody's talking about eric b enemy um in kansas city and i'll be honest with you guys like look matt Nagy, he doesn't impress me the guy from the andy reed tree uh peterson i know he got the super bowl doesn't impress me in philadelphia what's going on there Bienemy, I know he's going to get a look at a head coach. I think Arthur Smith would be my number one candidate this year. And Stefanski, what he's doing, let me switch it over to Cleveland because we've been talking a lot of Titans. Cleveland, my big question um, for Cleveland is, uh, let me save the Raider game. I did a reaction video to that, and I said, look, you know, the, re- the reason the Raiders won is because they gave Josh Jacobs like 30 carries in that game. Mm-hmm. And you look at the stat line and you see, you know, game situation and all that. I don't care. Just run the ball like 30 times. And I can't remember if Chubb was even back for that. I tend to think he wasn't. Just run the ball 30 times. Well, that's been their formula, right? I mean, Baker hasn't thrown more than 20 passes in a, in a little bit, right? I, I mean, don't Probably not. It's around there. Yeah, and like I like Baker a little bit more than you do, but that's not to say I think I wouldn't even put him in the top two tiers, and I have a large second tier of, of quarterbacks. Sure. And, you know, this offense, what's interesting to me is that they're essentially like a run the ball and two quarterback offense or two tight end, I should say, offense. And um, um, they remind me of the Philadelphia Eagles team last year that made the run because all of the wide receivers were hurt. This year, I think, you know, Jarvis Landry is nice and everything, but he's not winning you games. To me, like what Cleveland wanted to do is pretty obvious is run the ball, give the running backs 30 touches at least between the two of them. And 
on those double move play action passes, Odell Beckham feast on those one-on-one matchups when he gets them. And that was working. And hell, it's still working even without Odell sure, Beckham. Sure. But losing Odell Beckham to me is one of the most underrated storylines in the league. And Cleveland keeps winning, so it's not a big deal. But in the yes, playoffs, right, dude, right. they're going to need him. And I will okay, say— Okay, I, let me ahead. say this. Did Odell Beckham ever really make that team better? Oh, I think so. I, I think mean, so. Did, did you ever? Did you not ever last year with Kitchens? I throw that out the window. I'm talking about the first part of this year when he was active. Okay, but but I watched DK Metcalf last night, no, right? Yeah. And I watched Tyreek Hill, and I watched Devonte Adams, and you see these guys that just consistently have these two touchdowns for 130 yards. Did Odell Beckham have anything like that ever with Cleveland? He did. Have, I feel like he had a three touchdown game against Dallas this year. And let me say okay. this: like what he threw one that day, didn't he? Didn't he? Maybe throw a he had a run against Dallas. Well, he had a huge game. I know because okay, I had him in my fantasy lineup. But the fact that we're both admitting right now and searching for any type of performance like that, where we could easily look to Devontae and Metcalf well, and those other guys. Let me say this. I mean, we we know by nature of, of my setup at home, I watch a lot of games live. Just a lot because I have multiple games going. It's like the TV wall, right? I've said this early in the season before he got hurt, and we haven't really said it before. It's There were multiple times this season, multiple games where I've seen Odell Beckham on a double move, wide wide open, okay, right. certain so, touchdown, and missed by Baker Mayfield for one I reason or the, another. Sure, but I guess the bigger point is is that it never it never really worked. It was never really yeah. that that. Combo. But I wouldn't put that on Beckham's shoulders. Okay, personally. maybe not. Maybe not. Right. So I think Beckham. Perfect. I think Beckham was doing what we saw him do his rookie or his second year in New York before stuff kind of went south. I just don't think they were hitting them, and I would put that responsibility on Baker personally. Okay. So and that's fine, and I mm. and I agree with you mostly. I mm. do, but the point still remains: was Cleveland any better with Odell Beckham? And and I would argue that they weren't because it never really worked, no matter whose fault it was. I, I think that's so. While a, you say the Odell Beckham injury is the, the most underrated story, um, I have to disagree because I think they're the same team, and I don't think they're any better or worse with or without them. Okay, Oddly I enough, I'll give you that. But what I will say is that the ceiling lowers without Beckham on the field. That's my feeling I, with him. But how can you say that? Because we've never seen them really be this this accelerated high you know, high production offense with him. I, I've never seen it. And trust me, I pay attention to them because I want them to fail. <laughs> well, I've, I've never seen it. <laughs> well, I, I want Cleveland want to succeed. I, I, I don't want them to fail. I actually, I don't like when, when Baker starts sniffing himself and he's not really doing <laughs> anything. That like me. like a young me. Sean Ryan walking around, <laughs> power lifting and so fast. Yeah. Power lifting and fast. Yeah. That's the only part that bothers me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't mind, you know, you're a quarterback. I don't mind the bravado. And he's, he's, he has a reason as a chip on his shoulder. Like, I don't bang him too much, but I, you and I agree. Like, Cleve, Cleveland fans like him a lot more than we do. But that's no, the case it, with everything, man. Like, I, sure. I criticize Chicago Bears. I criticize David Montgomery. And you wouldn't believe the comments I get, you know, um, and Todd Gurley with the Falcons specifically. The comments I get, and the the rudeness and the profane comments I get when I when I'm just like God, he's like a 3.2 yard per carry running back. What do you like? What do you yeah. like about him? You can replace him with an undrafted free agent like James yeah, Robinson right. for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that undrafted rookie. He's like the dirtiest running back in the league right now that nobody knows about um, outside of fantasy football players. I guess you can replace him. 
Just sure. replace him. He sucks. And they attack you. And they attack me because they love their team. And that's you know yeah, that's I part of it. Baker a little bit of love here though. The what? man. Uh-huh. I want to get Baker a little bit of love here. The man can act. I those love commercials. his commercials, Dude, and that's why I'm rooting for Baker, man. I love his commercials. I know the the latest one where he's deep frying the turkey with him. I haven't and his seen wife. that. I, I saw it last night, and I'm like, these two people can act really well. It's quite amazing. I love the book club one when they kick the person yes. who didn't show up yeah, out of the yeah, book yeah. club. He's like, they're good, they're Whoa. smart, they're funny, and he, yeah, he nails it. I love he when he crushed it. the beer at that Indians game too. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. shotgun that thing. I I like Baker, man. I think he's great for the city. I really I root for him because I like some of that stuff. I really right, do. Maybe, I really maybe do. I'm coming around now. But you know, but, the commercials are, are softening. The commercials, the commercials by themselves are enough to root for Baker Mayfield if you don't want okay, him because they're so enough. good. Because like you know, once Peyton Manning retired and you got rid of some of the goof goofiness, now we get like. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and the discount oh, double God. check and the state. Oh, Those are the God. worst commercials. Like, let's get somebody with some personality. At least Baker has some personality, man. Those Everybody else sucks. Those State Farm commercials they are bad. made me want to vomit <laughs> they all over myself. I, I can't take them. The best discount double check commercial was BJ Raji doing the yeah. dance. Yeah. This Jake from State Farm, why did they give him like this tight red muscle shirt? It's you like know what it was? Yeah, I tell you what it was is you know those guys, those commercials that get these nationally syndicated commercials, they they get loaded. Like they're millionaires when they get those oh, yeah. things. Yeah. And um I think he got one and it went it, like he just had money so he didn't have to work anymore and he just went to the gym and he just got like all like jacked up. He's just like come on. Man. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, come on, man. dude. And no nobody can act. Nobody can act. Except nobody for Baker Mayfield. Act. Except for Baker Mayfield. I, lo- I love the um, – man, that book club commercial for me, and I like like when uh, <laughs> when he was trying to cover the seats when the storm was coming. He's telling yeah, the groundskeeper yeah. to cover the seats. Come on. We can work two, two people. We can do it twice yeah, as fast. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. It's good. It's Let's good. get to the game. Um, so, look, like I, I both of these teams are going to try to establish the run. To me, I think the difference is uh, like I liked what I saw from the Tennessee Titans defense. I will say this: Cleveland Browns defense is season long. They've been underrated too because of all the talk about offense. Baker Mayfield gets a lot of attention, the run game, all that stuff. The defense for Cleveland has been very good this year. Uh, the Tennessee Titans defense played better against the Colts. I don't know if that was like a mirage or if it's the start of them playing better. Um, I think that to me, Ryan Tannehill and the way he runs the offense, I think he's more likely to be able to bring a team back from behind. Like we saw in the second half of the Steelers game, um, didn't end up happening, but they closed the gap. They had the ball at the end of the game there. Um, I think the Tennessee Titans are slightly better, but here's the line. Bavada has Cleveland plus four at Tennessee. Who would you have? I actually, um, even though I like what Cleveland's doing, I like Tennessee more. And I think that, that, uh, I think they cover and I think Cleveland falls short for sure. I, I, they don't make it happen. I like I like Cleveland. I will say this: like I would like to see Nick Chubb get always get twenty carries and at least five receptions a game. And he had a great game last week. It was twenty two totals. I think it was nineteen carries and three receptions. Not enough. Give him more touches. And Kareem Hunt, give it. I'm serious. Like like. This team, and they're, they're a good team, man, and any team that can run and play defense like Cleveland, they're going to be a team that's hard to beat in the postseason. And I really love the coaching staff, but I just think Tennessee's just a little bit better. And because of that, Tennessee at home, I believe that Tennessee will cover this spread. I think Cleveland is absolutely a playoff team. They have, look, they're 8-3. and three. They have two games against the Giants and the Jets that should be gimme games. I like the Giants' defense, but they should run through the Giants no problem. The Jets is a gimme as long as they don't, 
you know, overlook them. Cleveland is should be a lock to make the playoffs, even with this loss. Tennessee, with this win, if in theory would go to nine and three, they'd be a lock too. Um, these two teams could could give us a playoff matchup again um, sure, in the wild sure. card. Seven playoff teams this year uh, in the conference, you know, per conference. I'm going to take Tennessee to cover. I like both of these teams quite a bit. I will have this probably on my primary TV, uh, but definitely one of them this week because I think it's Great just going to be an old school game. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. I like both of these teams, fans. Don't bang me just because I picked against the Browns. Uh, the next game we're going to feature here, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I watched the Rams game. Um, not, I'm not totally shocked that uh, the San Francisco 49ers pulled that off. They had, look, you give Shanahan a bye week. The defense played better than they've played in weeks. Um, maybe yeah. all season since Bosa and Solomon Thomas went down with an injury the same game. Like this, let me say this. I think next season, 2021, San Francisco is my pick to make it to the Super Bowl. Sure, sure, I could see that. Man, For like sure. the amount of injuries, two years in a row, by the way, that this know, team has dealt with, they don't have their quarterback. They're in the wild card chase, Brad. Yeah, like yeah. with the Cardinals losing to the Patriots last week, and that was a—I'm not going to say it's a bad loss because anytime you lose to the Patriots, it's not a bad loss. I mean, they're just so There's well no coached. shame in that. No, shame, no shame in that. that. And that was a danger game for me too for the for the Cardinals. Um, you know, both of these teams coming off losses. To me, like like I would say for an, for an average kind of you know NFL fan that just like checks in and looks at the scores, they might be surprised. To me, neither one of, the, of these were surprises. These were definitely dangerous games. Um, but the Cardinals lost, taking them to five losses. They still have to deal with the NFC West yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. San Francisco 49ers, who we're not going to talk about today, have six losses. Like, they're in the mix. The, the Minnesota Vikings, I thought they needed to beat the, the uh, Dallas Cowboys a couple weeks ago. They lost that game. I thought they'd be out of it. But now the Minnesota Vikings, with that comeback victory last week, they're in the mix with six losses. There are a lot of these six-loss teams because the Cardinals took that fifth loss last week. Sure, they're sure. now in the mix. I thought the Cardinals needed to win that game to really they did, they did. cement themselves. I watched themselves. a lot of that game. And, uh, they, you know, Cliff Kingsbury was going toe-to-toe mm-hmm. uh, with Belichick. And it was... It was one bad call on third down, mm-hmm. which cost them points. And then there was one bad penalty. Well, do you see the penalty on Cam? I didn't. I didn't see it. Okay. So I think they called it not because it was late, but because it was helmet to helmet. But without yeah. that play, I think the result could have been different. And again, again, there's no shame in losing to Belichick. No. And they went toe-to-toe with them. Um, Look, you I'm know gonna Belichick. Be- they're going to they're gonna deflate the offense a little bit. Yeah, right. Right? And right. they were in position... I think they had the ball before the the. I think they had the ball within the last minute and couldn't get a first down or something like that. I, like I said, I had other games on, so I wasn't watching that one live. Um, but I mean, there's no shame because your offense is is gonna gonna deflate. So the Patriots, all they really have to do is get enough in the run game. They're not going to be a passing game this year. They're a run and defense team, yeah. and I think they're figuring that out slow slower than they should have. But they're figuring yeah. that out slowly. But yeah, I mean, that's why I, I kind of saw it coming, and I was worried about it. And I took the Cardinals just because I was like, I believe that the Cardinals are going to take the next step to do that. They have to win this game. They didn't. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, but with regards to the 49ers, even with all the injuries, man, you can't, you, you can't go in there and just expect to boat race them. I mean, I know Green Bay got lucky this year because they matched, they literally went against them at their worst point. Yeah, right. right. Everybody's on COVID list, all that stuff. In addition to the injuries. Yeah. It was either COVID or injured. Um, so they got lucky, but, but I think they're coming around. I'm, I'm assuming they have more starters back and Shanahan's a great coach. But but Jared Goff looked terrible. 
And he's one of these guys that can look like something one week and something else the next week. And I, I don't know what, what that is. Uh, the, the fact that he absolutely destroyed Tampa Bay. Destroyed right. Tampa Bay. They looked so buttoned up, and and they lit up Tampa Bay, and they had juice, and they had energy, and they were in sync. And you looked at the Rams and said, "Oh, okay, yeah, they're they're, they're one of the top tier." And and I picked them from uh, from the onset to be in the playoffs. So like I I knew that the Rams like I just knew they were going to get together. I, I think last year was more McVay's issue than than the team's issue. I've I've been on record, and even like Rams fans, if you're going to try to you know. As, as as fans do, like comment and say, even McVay came out and said, yeah, I, I, I got away from the run game. We got away from our identity too fast. And that's, to me, the, the core issue. And they finished seven. If they, if they had the seven seeds last year, they would have been in last year too. Yeah, right. Um, like, I, I like them, but like, Goff against the Bucks. I'm thinking like, he just, to me, he took a step forward. I'm like, threw it all on his shoulders, right, beat a right. good team, dominated. Now, it is a division game. So I don't, you know, I don't bang on him too much. I guess the 49ers know what to do against golf, but you're right. I mean, he didn't look great. But like you said, Aaron Rodgers did not look great against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, sure, right. Sure, so right. sometimes so, you lay an egg. Sometimes you lay an egg, and and maybe that's just the way it goes. And I think we're seeing that more and more this year for some reason. I don't, I don't remember a year where we've had so many good teams that for some reason come out and lay one. Maybe yeah. it's the Maybe it's the climate of the year, 2020. You know, maybe it's tougher to get up for games with Zoom practices yeah. and, and the lack of camaraderie or, or no fans or, in stands. For no the most fans. Part. Yeah. You know that might that might be it right there. You know, yeah. you got to assume. You know, it, it's human beings, emotional beings, and having the fans there just rip roaring for you it must give you some some type juice, of juice that you can't just create on your own that's why Most. i that's why i stayed out of the big tournaments the big betting tournaments this year is because i just the fans to me are so much have so much to do with not only not only in-game play but they have a lot to do with how the sports books set the line yeah and sure, i interviewed sure. on another podcast i interviewed um you know some sports book guys uh you know the managers and all that stuff and i asked them the question early in the season like what are you doing and the guy said honestly it's probably going to take us 17 weeks to figure out how to how to really accurately yeah, yeah. and you've seen lines jump you know from like one team favored by four to the other team favored by five that you, you don't get a nine point swing in a regular I season know, like I know, I know. you know so these like nobody knows how to bet this season uh me included <laughs> Me included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I like I've been I've been for the most part I've been staying away unless I felt like there was a really good one. Like Steelers getting five points against the Ravens, their first matchup. I'm just like, okay, okay, I'm gonna take that one. You Do know, that you one paid think off. That there is such a thing as home field advantage this year. Do you think that still exists? I don't I don't believe so. I honestly don't. And I uh, really when I as my strategy is a better, I like to take um I like to take the appreciation on a home field advantage and go with the road team a lot. That's where I find I think, most of my value. Yeah, you know, but I, I do think that's something, you know, not having to travel, that's an advantage. Right? Staying home and being in your own facilities, that's an advantage. That is an advantage, absolutely. And, and if you're if you're the team that's used to that climate Right. If you're Pittsburgh playing at home and the Dolphins are coming in, that's also an advantage. But the biggest deal when it comes to home field advantage is the fans and the energy that they provide. And that's not there. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, like, you know, as a matchup and I'm going to as I'm typing over here on my side, I think the, the video, if you're picking this up on YouTube, is getting choppy um, and not syncing up because I'm loading some stuff on the computer as I'm talking about this. It'll catch. 
It'll catch up. But, um, you know, the, I'm loading the schedule, so I want to go through each team's schedules and the standings and all that stuff first. But in terms of matchup, look, we know what the Cardinals are going to want to do. The Cardinals are, are going to want to, you know, hit your hit your short passes, the quote-unquote extension of the run game, which I don't believe in, by the way. But they are a very good run team, which I like. They do go to the run. But they use the, the pass to set up the run, almost like um, kind of old Steve Spurrier, in that, like, a lot of their runs will come out of the shotgun and, like, unpredictable situations, which I think, you know, is a compliment of Cliff Kingsbury. And then they hit, you know, DeAndre Hopkins over the top. And it's pretty massively, you know, difficult to uh, <clears throat> to ascertain or, or figure out what's going on. McVay not being able to run the ball against San Francisco. That's been a consistent storyline for teams against San Francisco all year. They can stop the run. Um, the Cardinals, to me, their defense and their defensive philosophy actually plays into the hands of the, Ra- the Rams here. And I think the Rams and, and Goff and the run game, I think it will be better this week against the Cardinals. But the Rams and what they do, their strong defensive line and Aaron Donald just being a man amongst men. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's a beast, completely unable to block him. He's almost like, to use a basketball analogy, he's almost like early Shaquille O'Neal where he gets fouled every single time and every single snap. And rather than just see a flag for a, a holding call on every single snap, yeah, sure, they, sure. they only call the egregious stuff, which isn't fair, but you know that's what we're watching. He is the best. He's as, a maniac. He's the best. Best defensive lineman, at least interior defensive lineman, I've seen since, what, Reggie White is what we said yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I, he's just incredible. Just incredible. First ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. Better to me than um, than J.J. Watt was in his heyday. Uh, I mean, he's just know, unblockable. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a beast. He's you know, you never see a defensive tackle in the backfield. You always see it with the defensive ends like JJ Watt. But to have somebody know, in the backfield every snap like Aaron Donald, it's a game changer. You can't even triple team him with your interior offensive line, which means everybody else is one on one. He's just right. unbelievable. But you know, Arizona, the sprint left, the sprint right. Um, Kyler Murray is the quickest freaking player outside Man, of Tyreek Hill. Else. It's like Tyreek Hill is probably the quickest in the NFL. I really think Kyler Murray, it, it, you're talking about, you know, stop to sprint speed, high speed. I don't know yeah. that there's a second, like, Tyreek Hill, I think, outdoes him. And I think Tyreek Hill at quarterback is the second fastest. It's unbelievable. So He's that so neutralizes awesome. a little bit of what, what the Rams want to do. So I think this is a really fascinating game. Really fascinating. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I, I'd like to see Kyler Murray bounce back. They're on a little bit of a slide, but they haven't exactly played bad. Right? No, no, I don't uh, think so. Okay. I think their schedule's just getting a little bit worse. You know? Yeah, you know. But I will say this: you know, if it wasn't for that, um, that hail mary, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that, then I think we're having a different conversation about what this team is due to the um, win loss record, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't pull that one out. And and look, I don't give hail marys as much respect as other people. I, I don't think it means. I think there's a lot of luck that goes into it. It's so it's all it's so much luck. That's why we call it hail mary. Mm-hmm. I don't think it means that you're awesome or even that you even made a good play. Uh, you know, that was a great catch, right? But Ultimately, not- what that was, was in desperation, a throw into triple coverage, and your beast of a wide receiver comes yes. down with it. And he was a beast, and he, <clears throat> he did was. make a good play. Yeah. But it's not It's not a It's not real, a skill play that you're going to go not, to the well on. Yeah, it's not a real football play, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay? So they did it, and that was awesome, and it was fun to see. Um, but I think if they don't do that, we're having a completely different conversation about the Cardinals. Because yeah. that puts them—what <laughs> would that put them, Sean? Because right now they're at— 
Well, they're six and five. That would be five and six. So they would be five and six, and it would be a completely different story. Just that one game, I think, makes all the difference in the dialogue. You look at, if you break this down into quarters, or at least the last four games, uh, they lose to the Dolphins. They missed a field goal at the end that would have sent that into overtime. They got the the victory. Um, So really, probably... Probably they should have lost to the Bills, and they, I think they probably should have beaten the Dolphins. But, you know, they end up 1-1 one okay. one in the AFC right. East, sure. so it evens out. They lose to the Seahawks. Absolutely no shame in that. By the way, they beat the Seahawks before that. And then they lose to the Patriots, which that... I'm not even going to call that a trap game. I'm sure they're ready for it. But that was just, you know, a, a good physical team. And the Patriots are, if you're paying attention to them, they are getting better. And I've criticized them to no end on this show. They're getting better. Um, incrementally, like they're they're working with what they have now. They're not telling Cam to go five wide and throw it. That's not his game. Just run sure, people sure, over. Sure. That's his game. Sure. Um, now you know the Rams. Let me hit you with the line here, but I want to go back to the standings too, and and just kind of make some season long predictions because I think that would be interesting. The line Bavada has the Rams on the road minus one and a half. So Rams are favorites on the road versus the Cardinals. Who would you have here? Um. You know what? I'm going to go with the Rams because I, I think overall they're they're more seasoned. I think they're a little bit better, and I think Jared Goff's going to bounce back. You know, it's this is a game that Kyler Murray has to win because I do believe that the Rams are going to get their standard score. And the Rams' defense, like the Rams, I like their offense. I like their coaching. This is a defensive team. And I don't think enough people are talking about there. We're talking about like Goff and the run game and all this stuff. This is a team that is being led by its defense, very similar to me, to the San Francisco 49ers last year. Uh-huh. And although the Rams that went to the Super Bowl two years ago were a good team, I wouldn't say that they were far and away led by their defense. I think they were led by their offense. The makeup of the team, like their defense is very, very, uh, it's very good. And I think even a little bit underrated. You know, Jalen Ramsey's going to try to travel with DeAndre Hopkins. Look, DeAndre Hopkins is another animal. I think even animal. in double coverage, just throw it to him. I think DeAndre Hopkins wins that matchup. He's but to great. me, it's all about whether or not Kyler Murray's quickness can outdo the Los Angeles Rams defensive line. I'm going to give the nod to the Rams, but this one is really a coin flip to me. In Arizona, you, you, one of the rules, like one of the, the, the things that statistically play, pay out over time is a division opponent that is an underdog covers the spread like 80%. You know, it's yeah, like two-thirds right. of the time. Right. So, you know, you know Arizona is not going to want to be an underdog in their home turf. And we'll see if Larry Fitzpatrick is back as well. I had a dream that I got some of his cleats for some reason. I don't know. So it's such a weird. I had a weird array of dreams. Let's get to the to the schedule. So let's talk about the Cardinals, who are six and five, and they have to deal with they have to deal with a lot of NFC West to close the season. So let's say the Rams. We both we both say the Rams will win this game, right? That's our prediction. Um, but you know, it's a coin flip, so go either way. Uh, but let's say they fall to six and six. Then the next week they have the Giants. They should win that game, although I think the Giants are playing a lot better than they were the first part of the year. They should win that game, the Giants, especially after, if that were to be the case, losing three in a row, they're going to win that game. Yeah. Um, then they play the Eagles, who are absolutely reeling. By then, the Eagles could go to a Jalen Hurts at quarterback. They should win that game. So that gets them to eight and six, right? Okay. Then they play the 49ers again. Okay. And then they close the game, the season against the Rams. I figure at least, at best, one and one in those games, which puts them at nine and seven. Okay. I don't know if that's enough to get it done. Uh yeah, I don't know either. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me look at. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the standings. I want to make sure I have the the 49ers record right before. And obviously, the Cardinals um, beat the 49ers earlier in the year. 
So the 49ers really have to win that game against the Cardinals to, to make sure that they even that head-to-head record. Uh, so the San Francisco 49ers are 5-6. and six, One game back, and of course, you know, they have the... Uh, um, the head-to-head victory. So let's look at the 49ers. The 49ers, they play the Bills this week. I tend to think the Bills will win that game, but I don't think it's a gimme for the Bills. So they fall to 5-7 and seven there. 49ers play Washington. Shanahan's going to absolutely put the screws into Washington. Yeah, I like yeah. the way Washington's playing now, but they're not going to win that game. The 49ers will win that game. So they'll go to 6-7. Uh, and seven. Then the 49ers play the Cowboys. They're going to win that game. They go to 7-7. Seven and seven. The 49ers close with the Seahawks at home. That's a big one. And then they also play the Cardinals in Week 16. So the 49ers have to run the table almost. Look, if the 49ers beat the Bills this week, I'm thinking we're talking 49ers in playoffs again. Can I can I just say this? And this is going to sound crazy, but the 49ers are an amazing team, maybe the best team in the NFC, if not for injuries and COVID this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the harsh reality is, is maybe you say, okay, 2020 sucks. Yeah. We, you know, we got the shaft this year, right? We got screwed. So let's pack it in, man, and let's get the best draft position that we possibly can and come back here in nine months' time. Maybe. Maybe. I know. I know it goes against the human nature, but but if you're an advanced organization with high self-esteem, <clears throat> Um, and a long-term reality, mm-hmm. right? Then, then maybe you just you cut your losses and you go. For some reason, it wasn't in our cards. Look, they got to play the next two home games in Arizona. <laughs> it's true. What is the karma this team has has, I know. has had? Right? You're I right. Mean, <laughs> Put some negative know, end to the universe. They they must have done something. I'm yep. just saying that, and, and I know it's not going to happen because it goes against everything that 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 makes up an athlete and a competitor, but that'd be the smart move. Um, yeah. I, I, if, let me say this. If the, if the Rams do win against Arizona this week and the 49ers can pull off the upset against the bills and the, those teams, those two teams, even up in record that Cardinals versus 49ers game in week 16 is probably a play in game to the playoffs. Well, maybe we'll see. with the with the seventh game added, but I don't think nine and seven gets you in because you look at the They're Seattle's un- and the Tampa's. Um, I think the Rams will. Well, Seattle, Seattle, or okay. the Rams will win the division, right? And you're right. looking at three wild card right. teams. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm putting the Bucks and I'm assuming the Bucks and either Seattle or or Los Angeles they're in, and so the the wild card then becomes San Francisco, Minnesota. Um, Yes, Minnesota, everybody. San Francisco, remember, the Minnesota Vikings have a lot of Bears and, and Lions left on their schedule. That's, I okay. mean, that's, that matters. Um, it's wild. Wild card. Wild, wild card. card is wild. Let me read you the uh, the rest of the Rams' schedule. They're 8-3, and three leading the division. So they got the Cardinals. We think they'll go to 9-3. and three. We'll see. Uh, then they have the Patriots. I think they lose that game. I think that's that's a quote-unquote upset. I think the Patriots win that game. They go to 9-4. and four. The Jets, come on. They got to win that game. That's ten and four. Then they close the got season it. with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. And that Seahawks game is going to be for the division. Rams are in the playoffs. Yeah, they should be. They would really have to collapse, but it's not an easy schedule in the year. Their only gimme is against the Jets. Wow, this NFC West man. They continue. Yeah, wild, wild, wild West. Yep. All right. A um, bit, but a little bit less, I guess, excellent than we thought it would be. 
right? Just a little bit. I, think, I don't I think know, we, man. If the 49ers were healthy, you know, the, the Cardinals are a little bit better than we thought they were. I, st- I still say the West okay. is the best. If it weren't for, you know, San Francisco pissing off the karma, the football karma people. Yeah, right? the football gods. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Uh, all right, let's do a little bit of rapid fire here. Um, so we both picked the Rams there. Let's work back up top of the schedule. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, according to Bavada, plus 11.5 versus the Miami Dolphins. Wow, I think that's too many points for the Dolphins, to be honest. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bengals. I actually completely agree with that. I think the Bengals with Brandon Allen. Now, if they were playing Ryan Lindley or whoever, they, Finley or whoever, um, I wouldn't care. Uh, but Miami, 10.5. I think Miami wins comfortably, but I don't, I don't, I don't, that's a lot of points, man. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Detroit plus three and a half versus Chicago. Uh, Jesus. Versus Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and Detroit just fired their coach and GM, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to take Chicago. God, it's just good. Jesus. They're bound to win one. They're bound to win one. They're bound to, they're bound to play well eventually, you know? It's yes. just it has to happen, doesn't it? I think Detroit with the new head coach, you're just getting rid of the old guy. <laughs> I think they're going to play so loose and just beat the crap know, out of the Bears. I, know, I think they're going to win by 35 points to prove a point that Matt Patricia is just the worst head coach in football. With a pencil in his ear. Yeah, that's stupid, guys. That's, that's so such an stupid. Idiot. The Belichick wannabe. Be your own coach. Brian, Brian Flores goes out and he's his own coach in Miami, and they're good. Matt Patricia is just is a Belichick wannabe, putting all of his stars on blast. You don't know, have that credibility, I dude. I know, I know. You think Belichick sure. goes to the Cleveland Browns in his first stint, like alienating all of his good players? That, that, yeah. that you don't do that, you idiot. The whole thing is a disaster. disaster. And I just want to say this: I, I truly feel like something's wrong in that organization because I think Matt Stafford is the best quarterback to ever play that will never have any significant success or a win. Yeah. Man, I see this guy twice a year, and he balls. Yeah. Am I seeing something that others don't? That's fair. It's a fair point. I mean, The guy's they, great, dude. He slings it. They they have whiffed on head coach after head coach, yeah, this organization. Right, right. But so is Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So Chicago. I'm not a Matt Nagy fan by any means. It, it, ain't, it ain't looking good. No, it's not. Uh, next game here, we got the Indianapolis Colts, according to Bavada, minus three versus the Houston Texans. Um, and the Texans, by the way, lost Will Fuller to a PED Oh, that's suspension. right. I saw that, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Texans. I am. I, I think that the Colts can be a really great team one week and just average. Really great to average, depending on how they're feeling and who they're matching up with. So I'm going to take the Texans. You know, the, the AFC is so competitive. The Colts need this game, truly, I think. Um, and coming off the loss to Tennessee, got to hold serve a little bit. I think I think Indianapolis will come back and cover this spread, rebound from the loss. Uh, next game, we got Jacksonville plus 9.5 versus Minnesota. Man, Jacksonville, another franchise that just can't. Only <sighs> one win. Their only win against the Colts in Week 1. Bizarre. God, God, what is that, man? It's just so it's a weird deal. Um, I don't know, dude. Minnesota, because I think if when, I think they have a high ceiling, Minnesota. Yeah. I think I, when they're clicking, they click well. I agree. Jacksonville fires her general manager. It is pretty obvious that they're going to be firing their head coach after the season. Um, they are not going to be doing what the Atlanta Falcons did and fire their coach and then start to go on a winning streak and completely screw their draft position. Yeah, um, right, right. Ownership knows what's going on. They're letting this team implode, um, which is the right thing to do so that they can draft um, the quarterback, maybe even get Lawrence. We'll see if the Jets 
finish the season winless, but they want to they want to keep losing. Believe me, as an organization to get there, get Trevor Lawrence as well. So we'll see. But you know, Jacksonville, I like their offense. Um, okay, but Minnesota, I agree, has the higher ceiling. I'll go with them. Uh, Las Vegas minus seven and a half, according to Bavada versus the New York Jets. Who you got? Las Vegas, for sure. Easiest win of the year. I think they they beat the crap out of them. I agree. I think that's probably yeah. one of the bets of the week there. Yeah. New Orleans minus three and a half versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, whew. I'm going to take New Orleans. I think they're really playing maybe the best football besides Kansas City and Pittsburgh right now. You know, what's interesting is like when Drew Brees goes out, the defense shows up every week and just like yeah, just yeah. plays incredibly well. Here's my thing, though. The Atlanta Falcons, after after firing Quinn at head coach, they've gone on a run. They were a second-half team last year. I think Raheem Morris, I think he's going to get a real look at being the head coach. And I think Blank, you know, they still have a lot of talent on the roster. Blank might say, hey, let's keep this version of the team intact. It's kind of what they did last year. I don't, I don't agree with that, to be honest with you. But the Atlanta Falcons are playing better, and the defense is playing a lot better since Quinn's been out. Yeah. I think Atlanta, because this offense is so dangerous, we haven't seen New Orleans and Taysom Hill play from behind yet. I don't think he can mm. play from behind. I think New Orleans drops this one. I think Atlanta in the upset. Okay. I, li- I actually like it. I do. Yep. Uh, let's see. Next one. We got Washington football team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, oh, sorry. Yeah. The, uh, and the line is uh, Washington plus 10.5 versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Oof, that's a lot of points. And it's funny because we base a lot of these these picks, and so does everyone else, on the team's production the week before. Yeah, and right. Pittsburgh hasn't played yet. Yes. Um, I guess regardless of that, I take Pittsburgh. I think I would put the line right on 10. I don't love it, but I'll, I'll, if I have to go one way or another, I'll go Pittsburgh. And this is because they keep delaying the game. We record these on Tuesdays. Pittsburgh hasn't played yet. Assuming everybody's healthy and all that, I'll take Pittsburgh as well. Washington, what Washington wants to do offensively is, is keep, the run, uh, you know, keep the run game going and keep the passes short and uh, every now and then take a shot. But they're basically a dink and dunk team. Um, that's the way this offensive system and, and Scott Turner works. And that, you know, Pittsburgh, the only way to get the run game going is to thump them um, with physicality. The Washington football team is not going to be able to do that. I think Pittsburgh runs away with this one, so I'll take them. Uh, let's see. The New York Giants, according to Bovada, plus seven and a half versus the Seattle Seahawks. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants to cover. I don't think Seattle ever blows anybody out. Have they done that yet this year? Or are they always in these maniac, uh, mayhem-filled games? Yeah, I agree with you, but... I like Daniel Jones. I do. I stay away from this one. It's over a touchdown. I stay away from it. New York Giants defense is better than than people give them credit for. Seattle Seahawks offense I don't really think is going to be stopped. The defense has to continue to get better. I don't think they were awful last, you know, last night against Philadelphia. Um, I'll take Seattle in a pick, but I'm not going to bet my money on it. Uh, let's see here. This is an interesting one, Brad. So Bavada has New England plus one and a half on the road versus the Chargers. Mm, I think that Bill Belichick is going to make, um, what's his name there? Justin Herbert. Herbert. I think Herbert's going to have a rough day against Belichick. Yeah. New England wins easy in my opinion. I'm surprised this opened it at plus one and a half. I think by the time this game gets played, it's going to be uh, Patriots minus two and a half or minus three. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, this is one of those lines that's going to swing. I take Patriots in this one. Patriots always play a little bit better when they're underdogs anyway. The Chargers, I like their offense. I like what they're doing. They don't have the pieces, and I don't really think they have the coaching 
to to match up against the Belichick coach. I think the Patriots play a smarter game, a cleaner game, force a couple of turnovers. I think they'll they'll cover the spread. I can't believe they're getting points. You know, they honestly they're the better team. I know they're on the road. They're the better team. Why are they getting points? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Last time I said that the Patriots didn't cover and I lost money. That is crazy. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's the cam effect. Nobody, everybody knows cam. That's, a weird, that's a weird deal. Uh, let's see here. Maybe Matt Stafford starts for the New England Patriots next year. How about that? Ooh, how about that? I because I don't think I, how I think about I, that. The better the better one for me would be the Atlanta Falcons trade Matt Ryan. Uh, but they, they're not going to do that. Bar- Blank will not trade Matt Ryan. He's going to go down with the ship there. The the Lions, yeah. I think, should move on. And I think the Patriots, given you know everybody wants to draft a rookie quarterback, I think the Patriots could probably get Stafford you know, for like two seconds or something like that with the new regime coming yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. Just wanted to wipe the slate. Boy, that'd be awesome. That'd be a nice fit. That'd be a nice fit. And we'll yeah, see, though, agree. because like the Raiders, I thought that Stafford would go to the Raiders. And Carr has been playing so well, but he played so bad against Atlanta. If he really implodes in the backcourt of the season, Carr, I could see the Raiders making a big push to get a veteran quarterback for Jay Gruden or John Gruden. Uh, I always uh, get the, the Jay and the John confused. All right, next one we got the Philadelphia Eagles, according to Bavada, plus seven versus Green Bay Packers. Oh God, I hate I hate this game so much. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it because the Eagles are playing so terrible, and Carson Wentz <laughs> hasn't been able to throw a pass in a year and a half. And now all of a sudden, you watch, they're going to come out, they're going to look so good, and I'm going to want to kill myself. So Philadelphia? I gotta take... Yeah, dude, I know it. I can see it coming. <laughs> the universe is so mean. I know this is going to happen. I'm going to take Green Bay, man. Green Bay at home. All right, I'm going to take them. them. What I'd be really concerned about if I'm the Packers fan like you is is Philadelphia says enough of Carson Wentz. Enough. I know, I know. I enough. Know, I let's know. let's see what we got in Jalen Hurts. Because he's right. going to get, like, uh, Jalen Hurts, he's going to get a start before the end of the year. Like, Mahomes got his first start in, the, in week 17 when the when the Chiefs were already in the playoffs. They might already had a bye or something like that. You Jalen Hurts is going to get a look this year. They put him in last night for like a play or two. Yeah, but I saw. Yeah, I, I, Doug Peterson sucks. Who is that? Doug Peterson sucks. He got him the Super Bowl. Good for Doug Peterson. But you know what? Barry Switzer won a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, that was retarded. That was ridiculous. I just, just, just see what you got, in Jalen Hurts. Enough. Yeah, enough, either see what you got or, or leave him on the bench. Yeah. One of the two. Uh, let's see here. We got the Denver Broncos, according to Bavada, plus 13.5 versus Kansas City Chiefs. Well, are the Denver Broncos going to actually have a quarterback this week? They should have a quarterback. That was, by the way, I, I, I went into a rant yesterday on my other podcast. Let me say this. Bill Belichick for the Denver Broncos wins that game. If he's a head uh-huh. coach. John Gruden wins that game. The only thing that you can do if you're Denver, Denver has an underrated defense. The only thing that you can do is just play goal line to promote a wide receiver off your practice squad to try to execute a three wide receiver offense is dumb. Mm. So dumb. Well, Denver did not nine. try to win that game with what they had. They, they were completely arrogant in the offensive side. Just go goal line, deactivate a couple of your wide receivers. You could bring like three wide receivers to the group just in case you need them. Every single fourth and three or less, you go for it on fourth down. Um, you know, maybe after you're, you're past the 40-yard line or something like that. Get two and a half yards per carry. Wear the New Orleans Saints defensive line out and win the game. And what yeah. did they do? They come out trying to pass. They throw an early interception. Denver's defense pitches a shutout in the first quarter, which is the formula that you need to win. 
The Denver Broncos coaching staff absolutely lost that game, and they did it because they were salty that the NFL made them play. Pathetic. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well said. Thank you. Uh, Denver, once Passionate. again, <clears throat> plus 13 and a half versus Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah. I'm disgusted with that with that offensive coaching staff. It was pathetic. Yeah, absolutely was pathetic. pathetic. Go goal line. You can't get three yards of carry. Just keep running the freaking ball up the middle. Yeah, play small ball. Stupid. Smash it. Smash, Smash it. it. And they just, yeah. they tried to freaking run. Th- I kept seeing it. It was the second half. They had three wide receiver sets. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm telling you, John Gruden, the Raiders, how, how often have we seen it? They're down 14 points in the first fourth quarter. What do they do? Run, run, yeah. run. Yeah. And then the Could next you imagine time. imagine if they had actually done that and pulled it out? That would have been awesome. I, I'm telling you, like, uh, it's so obvious it's disgusting to me that they didn't do it. I'm disappointed because I had the game on because I thought I, certainly this is what they're going to do. They didn't do it. And by the way, the New New Orleans Saints, who can't really throw the ball with Taysom Hill, what did they do? Exactly that. They played defense, and they ran through with Kamara and Latavius Murray and Taysom Hill, flattened the Denver Broncos. It's exactly what the Broncos... And that game would have been closer if they didn't freaking turn the ball over. You throw an interception with your wide receiver promoted. What are you doing? You're getting very excited. Okay, okay, okay. Last game of the week. (laughs) Last game of the week. Thank you. Real man, buddy. Real man. I love it. Yeah, real man. Uh, Okay, Bavada has uh, Buffalo minus two and a half on the road versus San Francisco 49ers. I think Buffalo. I I think they take it. it. It means so much more for them. I think Buffalo played their best game of the season last week. Um, Uh I liked what I saw from Buffalo. I like San Francisco. This is not a a walkover game for me, but I I like Buffalo on the road here. Um, They're next level, but this is, again, we talk about these tests, these these mental tests. If they're, for real, a Super Bowl threat, you win this game on the road against an underrated San Francisco 49ers team. You don't overlook them. You win on the road. And you keep putting distance uh, between the Patriots and, and eking that out. And also, let's not forget about the Miami Dolphins, who are only one game back, and they play. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to keep winning. This is this is a, quote-unquote, this is a trap game for Buffalo. I want to see them come out and handle the San Francisco 49ers. Let's see how really mentally prepared you are for the playoffs. All right, man. That's the show. Got anything for the crowd before we head out? Uh, I really have nothing to say to anybody. All right, then. Everybody, go out, make some bets. Smart bets. Get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling. Be the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday. Because the team right here know the game the most. From Chi-Town to the Florida coast. Got swag. Got butter with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy football almanac. So quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real. Whatever you win. You're going to wish this podcast never ends. Now get ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.